Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for Likute Halachas, Yoradea, Chelik Shemi, Hilchais Kilei Behema, Halacha Dalit, Paragraph Yud Zayin. We dedicate the learning today, Lila Nishmas, Rabbi Yaakov Gedalia Brebnesanel, who was known as Rabbi Tfalinski. He was one of the stars in Breslov 50 years ago. A young man, a sofer, a nephew of Rabbi Yaakov Meir Shechter, and special, special Talmud Chacham, very, very close to Rav Rosenfeld, He lived here in Eretz Yisrael and passed away at a young age. And the shir is also Lil and Ishmas Eliezer Lippa, Rabbi Yaakov Mordechai, whose yard site is on the 17th of Shvat. And Devoira Fega Bas Rezel, whose yard site is on the 17th of Shvat. We dedicate the learning also for a complete Rafu Shalema for all those that need it, including Chavivachana Basgalia, Rochel Basgalia, Noyanachama Basgalia, Yeshua Ruven ben Chana Esther, Shimon Eliezer ben Rochel, Yaakov Yeshua ben Freindel Rechel, Binyamin Yitzchak ben Liba Margaret. Shana Teba Bas Miriam, Levi Elchanan, Ben Yael, Chaya Shufia Shushana Basora, Menachem Ben Rishabasha, Chaya Bracha Bas Peril, Ruven Moshe Ben Rochel, David Shimshim Ben Soraleya, Velvel Ben Pesia, Daniel Borach Ben Sora, Aviva Chaya Bas Estemindel, David Yishayo ben Sora, Abigail Brocha Bashir Advoira, Hillel Yisrael ben Sora, Nechem Yizalma ben Sorathega, David Lei ben Shena, Edith bas Miriam Brindle, Michal Sora bas Adasa, Gita Ganendel bas Sipoira, Lebaleya bas Sipoira, Sorocha bas Yispendel, Abivalana bas Yispendel, Yehudis Ruchama bas Chavarus, Sora Yehudis bas Sora, David ben Behia, Shendel bas Leia, Avram David ben Chana, Sora Gittel bas Chana Riva, Shlomanisa ben Mazel, Yaakov Yeshua ben Freindel Rechel, Shimon Eliezer ben Rochel, Shlomo ben Rivka Sprinza, David Eliel ben Michal, Shimon Eliezer ben Michal, Vesech Shar Choyle Yisrael. We're still speaking about the holiday of Hanukkah and how it relates to the topic of Kilayim based on chapter 2 in the second half of Likut Imran. The Torah tells us in describing the Menorah in the Mishkan and in the Beis HaMikdosh that it was one solid piece of gold that was carved out to form the Menorah. It wasn't pieces glued together or soldered together in any way. Upirish Rashi, Rashi Kodesh points out that it must be made from one solid piece of gold. Hainu, she'ikr mitzvah maisah menorah, What the menorah is really about is giving light, and we know that light is synonymous with truth. Oyercho the Torah says, your light and your truth. K'day legalois, she'kol ha'pu'ulois mishtanois, nimshochen me'echod ha'poshut yisborach. And one of the most important truths is the realization that all the diverse items in existence are all coming from oneness, from one Hashem. And this is being hinted to in the fact that the Torah requires that the menorah should be made from one piece of gold. To show us that all the different designs, if you looked at the menorah, it had many parts that looked completely different, round parts and parts that looked like a flower, all the designs on the menorah. which were on the seven rungs of the menorah, which correspond to the seven days of creation, 
which are the, the, the foundation of all the diverse things that were created during those seven days, through perfect speech, which Rabbi Nezal defines there in the Kudaman as being completed through Emes, all of that, all of that diversity, all of those different designs, everything, come from one, from pure oneness. From the base of Anora to all the flowers that were in it, one solid piece of gold. It was all made from one one piece. Because all of the different things in existence all originate from one, the ultimate oneness of Hashem. And with this we understand also what's found in the writings of the Arizal. That on the holiday of Hanukkah, when we're trying to, to perfect the sphere of Hoid, we're also involved in correcting the harm that was done to the thigh of Yaakov Avinu when he fought with the angel of Esav, Shar, Sar Shal Esav. Because when the Torah tells us that the angel was able to harm the thigh, the upper leg of Yaakov Avinu, the Zohar HaKadosh says this refers to the supporters of Torah. The legs are what support the body. The Zohar HaKadosh says, they are referred to as the, the legs, which also refers to causing damage to the halachos, because the, the term halachos, to go. And Rabbi Nezal, in the beginning of that chapter, connects the concept of toida and halachos. And as we've been learning throughout this halacha, on Hanukkah, we're, we're repairing this concept of toida and halacha, which is the tikkun for the feet, the tikkun for the supporters of Torah, it's through their support <coughs> that the rabbis are able to study and produce halachos. As Rabbi Nezal explains very clearly in the beginning of that chapter of Likud Imran. And this is also why it says there, regarding Yaakov Avinu, after that incident happened, the sun shined for him. And, and the Gemara says, Larapois est salatoi, in order to cure him and heal him from his limp. Because the tikkun for the legs, which is the healing for Yaakov Avinu's limp, which is the tikkun for the Torah. Because the Torah is what affects the repair for the pegam of the moon at the beginning of creation. As the Pesach as the says, that there's going to come a time in the future when the light of the moon is going to be like the light of the sun. As Rabbi Nezal expounds on this over there in chapter 2. And this is why the Torah tells us that the sun shined 
for Yaakov Avinu, even during the nighttime, when normally the moon is shining, because the Medrash tells us Hashem stretched the day, that the day went into the night. This means that Yaakov Avinu succeeded in drawing the light of the future, when we'll see the fulfillment of that the light of the moon will be like the light of the sun. Question, how do we understand the term damage to halachas, pegam halachas, and how is it corrected on Hanukkah? Damage to halachas means that where the Torah has become unclear, the good and bad, the right and wrong have become mixed up together, <clears throat> where it becomes so difficult for a person studying the Gemara, studying Torah Shabbal Peh, to be able to know what's the final conclusion. We see so many different conflicting opinions in the Gemara and in Shulchan Aruch. And it takes a master. <clears throat> Somebody, people have to work very hard to derive, to get to the final opinion. That's this pegam in the halacha. And it's corrected on Hanukkah because Hanukkah is this oil of emes. It's a light and a very high light of emes, and we said it's drawing from Bina and Hoi, these very high places. And that's by performing the mitzvahs of Hanukkah properly. This is what repairs all of these things that need repair. Paragraph Yutes. V'alkein mesayemes ha-toyra parshas hanesiyin. She parshas Hanukkah samizbeach. And this is why, if you look at that Torah portion that we read on Hanukkah, where we're reading the carbonos that each one of the Nesim brought at the initiation of the Mishkan. On the first day, it's Yutznachshan ben Aminodov. On the second day, it's this one. And we go through all 12 Nesim. We read seven of them the first seven days. And on the eighth day, we read 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. And then we continue with the Pasuk, Uvevoi Moshe el Oihel Moyed, Ledaberitoi. The Torah tells us when Moshe Rabbeinu would enter into the Oyel Moed to speak with Hashem, Vayishma esakol midaber elav. Moshe Rabbeinu heard the voice of Hashem speaking to him, Mibain shnei hakruvim, from between the two kruvim. And we mentioned the words, Mibain shnei hakruvim, the first letter spelled the word Moshe, that that's when Moshe Rabbeinu was receiving his light. Kizeh haposuk, because this Pasuk is Pasuk number three, which decides the conflict that seems to be between Psukim one and two. My Shapirish Rashi Shum, as Rashi points out over there. Vihi Midoho Achroina, Mishloshesre Mido Shatur and addresses for him. This concept of a third pasuk, that when we see two psukim that are in conflict, and we see a third pasuk that sides with one of them, we know that that's, that's the right, that that's the true understanding. That's the 13th one of the 13 attributes, the 13 formulas by which we expound the Torah. <laughs> because as the Zohar Kodesh points out, those 13 formulas by which we expound the Torah correspond to the 13 attributes of kindness. Shemishom Iker HaYeshua Mikol Hatzoros, from which we receive all of these solutions to all of our suffering, all of our pain. Veshom Iker and that's where the main thanksgiving and praise of Hashem comes into the picture, when, when the light of Hashem's attributes of kindness is shining. And now we understand why the, why the last one of the 13 formulas is this one, which speaks about two psukim that seem to be contradicting each other, until a third one comes along and resolves it. 
Iker Hatikun Shal Shloshesre Midoy Satoyrim. Because this is really what all of those 13 formulas are all about. Shehem Bechinas Halachos. These, these are by which we're going to be able to derive the laws of the Torah. And these correspond to the 13 attributes of kindness. The 13 attributes of kindness are what give us the, the thanksgiving and praise to Hashem. The 13 formulas of the Torah are what give us the ability to derive halachas from sukkim. So we see the connection between the Toida and the Halacha. And this combination is what gives us the ability to draw all of these solutions that are mentioned, all of the Tikunim that are mentioned in that chapter on the Kutimran. Until we get to the ultimate goal, which is to reveal the oneness within all the diversity. And this is what this final formula is all about. Two psukim that seem to be contradicting each other. They seem to be different from each other. They seem to be opposite. Because all of the questions and all of the diversity that's found in the Torah, and all of the arguments that we find in the Gemara between the Tanoim and Amoiroim, and among the, the Tzadikim and the truly religious people, what it's really all about is achieving the realization that all of the differences, all the diversity is really from one, is coming from pure oneness. Because all of the different things that we find in creation are all, all originate from the letters of the Torah. That's what Hashem used to create them. And just like each letter of the alphabet, of the Hebrew alphabet, looks different than the other one, and so to each word in the Torah is different from another word. So too, all of the creations that were created by these letters are all different from each other. But the real truth is, all of these different letters and different words and different paragraphs in the Torah are all delivering the message of recognition of Hashem. Because that's why Hashem gave us the Torah. In order for us to recognize the one who spoke and created the world. Because the Zohar Kodesh says, the Torah is the name of Hashem. And it's impossible for a person to know anything about the oneness of Hashem other than through this Torah, which has this, this light of Hashem that has cloaked itself in these different letters and different words. And because of the fact that in this world, it's impossible for us to really understand completely the ways of the Torah, Therefore, when a person is studying Torah, it looks to them as if there are contradictions, as if there are differences. Wow, as, as, as in the case of two psukim that seem to contradict each other. 
שקודם שבו הכוס השלישה מכריע, before that third pasuk comes along and, and clarifies it, נדמה לנו כאילו היה חס ושלום איזה שינוי בתורה. It looks to us as if there's some kind of a change in the Torah. Over there it says that, and over there it says something different. וכן, for example, כוסו ואחדו אומר שיבס יום מתוך המצויס, There's one Pasuk in the Chumash speaking about the holiday of Pesach where it says you will eat matzahs seven days. And there's another Pasuk in Chumash Dvorim which says six days eat matzahs. And there are many instances like this throughout the Torah. The fact that it appears this way is only because of our limited intellect. We don't understand the ways of the Torah clearly. Hashem had pity on us. And Hashem gave us the methodology of how to understand the Torah, through our rabbis, <coughs> to be able to interpret the Torah using these 13 formulas. It's with these 13 formulas that the rabbis resolve all the differences, and they're able to decide clearly between two, between psukim that seem to be contradicting each other. And through this, we receive das, leda ulahamen, to be able to understand and believe that just like the Torah is all one, even though based on our limited understanding, we have questions, there are questions coming up all the time, and, and it looks as if there are differences between what it says here and what it says there. So to all the different things that we see in the world, which Rabbi Nezal refers to there on the Kutim Ram as Pa'ulais Mishtana, it's all the different creations, Kulam Echod Bisharashim. They are all really one at their point of origin. Ki Kulam Nimshachim Me Echod Haposhit Yisborach. All of them originate from the ultimate oneness, Hashem. It's just that we cannot understand that based on our rational thinking. One example that Rav Nosanzal gave of two psukim that contradict each other, in Chumash Mois, when it speaks about the holiday of Pesach, it says, we eat matzah seven days. In Chumash Dvarim, there's a passage that says, six days you will eat matzah on Pesach. Make up your mind, which is it, six or seven? A super clear contradiction. The Gemara explains why it wrote six and why it wrote seven, etc. And this is the whole concept where we speak about holy machloikis between Tanoim and Amoiroim in the Gemara. Ki what this is really all about is sweetening the negative judgments <clears throat> at its point of origin. As Rabbi Nezal speaks about this in chapter 277 of the Kutimran. Because as a result of the fact that there are these different opinions among the tzaddikim, this shows us that their way of thinking is very different from each other. And despite the fact that they think differently, regarding our basic faith, 
everyone joins together, everyone is united. Because all the rabbis, their intent in their study of Torah and interpreting the Torah is for Hashem's honor and for the oneness of Hashem. In order to clarify each final decision in, in the Torah to make it perfectly clear. As Rashi points out in Shira Shirim, there are many, many differences and debates and arguments in the base Medrash, but it's all leading to recognition of one Hashem. And it's therefore, it's through these differences, through these arguments in Torah, this is what shows, this is what shows us once again clearly this concept of oneness coming forth from diversity, from differences. Such different opinions, people who, are, who think so differently, they all join together in one opinion regarding faith in Hashem. Because all of us believe together in one Hashem and His servant Moshe Rabbeinu. And these rabbis, their whole intent in their arguments is to reveal the oneness of Hashem. Because one rabbi leans to this direction to say that this is what the halacha should be. This is the right path to take. Which by taking this path, by performing this, the halacha this way, will be revealing the oneness of Hashem. And the opinion of the other rabbi leans to a different direction. He says the halacha is different from what the other rabbis said. And, and by, by going in the opposite direction, that you're going to be revealing the oneness of Hashem. You're going to be showing respect to Hashem. But the real truth is, these and those are the word of the living Hashem. This is the wording in the Gemara. And it's brought that the first letters of Divrei Elokim Chaim spell the word Echad. These two that seem to be completely different, they're really one. As we find many examples in the Gemara, the Gemara will say, for example, Rabbi Nezal gives us an example in Likud Imran regarding Tevas Noyach, Noah's Ark that there are two opinions as to how light came into the ark. There's one opinion that there was a skylight. There was a window on top of a glass window or some on top of the teva by which the sunlight was able to shine in. Another opinion is, no, it was some kind of a precious stone that gave forth that light. And Rabbi Nassau speaks about this in two chapters on the Kutimran. And Rabbi Nassau explains they're really not arguing. They're describing two types of light. They're describing that there are some people who their prayer, who their avodah Hashem is like a window. They're not capable of generating their own light, that, but light can flow through them. They can receive light. And there are other people who are on such a high level that their tefillah is like a, a, a stone giving off, a precious stone giving off its own light. And Rabbi Nezal says this. So again, this is not a conflict. It's not conflicting at all. And we find many, many examples of this in the Gemara and in forum of tzaddikim that come after the Gemara who show us that what seems to be an argument in the Gemara, it's not an argument at all. Another example the Gemara says that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechoizal said that a person should be learning full time. Work, work is for animals' work or non-Jews. They're supposed to win us, but we're supposed to be learning Torah full time. If a person works full time, the work will be done by other people. Rabbi Shmuel said, "No, you must combine work and learning." Toiv Toirim Derecheretz. That's the the winning formula. 
Now, the question is, these, these are two very different views of the world. But if you look at the Gemara, if you look at the Gemara, it says, <clears throat> so the Gemara says, Harbe, many attempted to do like Rabbi Shimon, and they failed. Many attempted to do like Rabbi Shmuel, they were successful. So what is it, Rabbi, Shm- Rabbi Shimon got it wrong? The answer is no. Rabbi Shimon was not speaking to the many. Rabbi Shimon was speaking to one in a thousand who's qualified to learn full-time. For that person, it's a, it's a mitzvah to do it, and it's a mitzvah for all of us to support that person. Rabbi Shmuel was speaking to the many, to the majority, who are not on that level at all, who need to combine Torah and, and, and Derech Eretz. We're continuing inside from where we left off. We said the first letters of Divrei Elokim Chaim spell the word Echod. These and those, it's really one. Because all of them were given from one shepherd. All of it originates from Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu. And again, Rabbeinu Zal shows us in the Kudim Ran that the Zohar Kodesh says that the word Moshe makes up the first letters of Machlokes Shamai Hillel. These two who are always arguing, and Mamish, they're always the opposite. This one says no, this one says yes, this one says kosher, this one says treif. Machlokes Shamai Hillel is Moshe. It's oneness. <clears throat> because it's through these opposing opinions that's revealed the oneness of Hashem. As a result of seeing that two people who have such different opinions, different ways of thinking, in their ultimate purpose, what they're really all about, they join together as one to become part of the oneness of Hashem. <clears throat> And this is what Rabbein Azal explains over there in chapter 2 in the second half of Likut Imran that this whole halacha is based on that as a result of the combination of halachas and thanksgiving through this we're able to achieve all the other goals that Rabbi Nezal presents in that chapter on Likut Yamram, until we come to the final goal, which is revealing the oneness of Hashem from all the diversity. Interesting, that this terminology from all the diversity, we, we have a similar concept, <coughs> There's a possible as as is the difference between light and darkness. That's the standard way of reading those words. As the difference of between light and darkness, so too is the difference between intelligence and foolishness. But another interpretation of that is you want to be able to see the and, and appreciate light. You want to see the uniqueness, specialness of light, min from darkness. From darkness, darkness helps you to be able to see, to appreciate light. When a person sees what Rishoim or what evil is, then they can have an appreciation for good. Without evil, without darkness, you don't know what light, you don't know what light is. You don't know the uniqueness of light, the specialness of light. Because when Rabbi Nassau is speaking about halachos, he's speaking about a final, final conclusion that was clarified from conflicting, all kinds of conflicting opinions. This one says it's forbidden, this one says it's permissible. Until we clarify the halacha, 
using the formulas of the Torah, and that results in revealing the oneness of Hashem from all of this diversity. And now we understand one of the major, major statements in the Torah, and that's mentioned many times in Halacha, that the more people the more, the larger an assemblage, the greater honor and beauty to the king, to Hashem. The more you have a larger group of Jewish people joining together, coming together in one assemblage, that increases the holiness and the honor of Hashem to greater and greater levels. As it says in Torah's Kornin, you cannot compare a large group, a small group of people performing a mitzvah to a large group of people joining together to perform a mitzvah. This ties in beautifully with what we've been learning here. The more you have a larger group of Jews joining together, uniting to accomplish something in holiness, to fulfill the will of Hashem, this reveals the oneness of Hashem to higher and higher levels. As a result of a larger, a large assemblage, where you have so many different opinions, so many people who think differently, join together in, in one, one understanding, to perform the will of Hashem, to daven mayrif, to, to, to do a mitzvah together to do a Siyum Hashas together, 93,000 people in a stadium joining together. This is also obviously the reason, one of the reasons why Rabbi Nezal wanted so much for all of his students and everyone who can to come to him for Rosh Hashanah. Because out of all the days of the year when we're crowning Hashem, the kingdom, the Malchus of Hashem, it's Rosh Hashanah, Melech, 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 and Broivam Hadras Melech. The more people, the more diversity coming together, joining together, this maximizes Hashem's Malcha, Hashem's honor and covering. And this is also what the Torah says, Uvenuchoi Yoimar, speaking about when the Jews were traveling in the desert. And when they would come to rest, they would say, Shuva Hashem, River Voice Alpha Yisrael. They would they would seek the Shekhinah by through this gathering of River Voice Alpha. River Voice means tens of thousands, and Alpha means thousands. Vidosh Rabbi Senzal and our rabbis tell us in Yavamas, page 64. Malame, that from this pasuk where it mentions river voice and alfe, this teaches us she'ein hashechina shoyre bepochais mishtei ravavois ushtei alfin that the full light of the shechina does not come, does not is not present until you have at least twenty two thousand people. River voice is two ten thousands and alfe is two thousand. And it says there, Hare Show Yisrael, if you had 21,999 people together and wanted, and then the Shekhinah is not there, and one person comes along and joins, Nimtza Zegrin, this one person turned on the whole light. The whole light got turned on by this one person. The more you have a larger group of Jews, they're able to draw and reveal and broadcast the holiness to greater levels. 
as a result of all of these different opinions, which are so different from each other. Because the larger a group of people, the more diverse the opinions. And the more the more different, the more of these different opinions that are gathering together and joining together to serve Hashem as one unit, this shows and reveals the oneness of Hashem to higher and higher levels. As a result of the fact that all of these different opinions, who are such different creations, are joining together in one mindset, to come close to Hashem. This is the incredible importance when Jews get together with a minion to daven together, or you have a large assemblage of people learning together, studying together, all of these instances. And, and we know, for example, Shabbos, Yontif, there are some people who can't get to shul during the weekdays. But again, on a, the more important the day, the larger the gathering of people. Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, Aserah you have people who don't go to shul all year. But they know Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, they have to be there. And again, because those are the days of the, the greatest level of Kavod Hashem, the Malchus of Hashem is being broadcasted to the highest degree. Baruch Hashem, with this we complete Halacha Dalit. And Rav Nassar points out here, Hilchas Kilei Behema Halacha Hei, the fifth discussion on Kilayim of animals was presented earlier in Hilchas Arla Halacha Hei. Any questions, please? This week's Parsha, Parsha's Beshalach, is is very, very special, as all, all the Parshas are very special. A Jew has to be very careful when speaking about the Torah, not to say that this is special, which would seem to imply something else is less special. It's just that some places we see it more clearly. In the beginning, the Torah delivers the incredible, powerful message that, that Moshe Rabbeinu took the bones of Yosef HaTzadik with him. Moshe Rabbeinu, the greatest, most important Jew, was carrying the most important thing, which was the bones of Yosef HaTzadik, the coffin of Yosef HaTzadik, which he knew that despite, even though Moshe Rabbeinu himself was so great, the Gemara tells us, as long as a tzaddik is physically living in this world, there's still a tiny element of doubt on the part of Hashem. Is he going to make it to the finish line? Is he going to be remain being a tzaddik until his last breath? Because the Gemara tells us the story of Yochan Kain Gadol, that when he was 80 years old, he went into the Kodesh Kadoshim on Yom Kippur and didn't come out alive. So Hashem places his full seal of approval on a tzaddik only after the tzaddik passed away. Moshe Rabbeinu needed the connection to Yosef HaTzaddik, the living tzaddik, needed a connection to the tzaddik who passed away in order to achieve the full success of getting the Jews out of Mitzrayim, crossing the Red Sea, and, and bringing them into Eretz Yisrael. And the Zohar Kodesh and others form stress that just like the Geulas Mitzrayim needed that, the Geula that we are waiting for now requires, needs this connection between the living tzaddikim and the tzaddikim who have passed away already. And this is why Baruch Hashem we're finding to a large degree in recent times Kivrei Tzadikim are becoming more and more popular. The tens of thousands of people going to Uman, the tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people going to Miron for Lad Boimer and throughout the year, 
even now, every day, there are people going to Ukraine. There are people going to Ukraine, to Rabbeinazal, to the Baal Shem Tov, to Kivrei Tzadikim, all over, all over. In America, it was unheard of just about hearing. There were Satmar Hasidim would go to the Satmar Rebbe's Kever. Labavitcher Hasidim would go. Today, you hear, you speak to Jews. I'm going to the Ohel. I'm going to the Ribnitz. I'm going here. People going, all people realizing that this is a critical, critical, possibly one of the most important components to bring about to the goal of the final goal of it we're waiting for. Then we go into the 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 splitting of the Red Sea. The pasuk says there, right before that, they cried out to Hashem, and Hashem says, "Ma titzak elai? What are you screaming to me for? Go!" And these words, "Ma titzak elai," seem to be such a question. What do you mean? What are we screaming? This is what we were taught to do when, when there's an emergency to scream to Hashem. What's the question? And there are many different answers given to this. The Shalak Kodesh points out that, note, it doesn't say, why are you davening to me? It says, why are you screaming? Meaning, he says, that the screaming here seemed to imply a weakness in Emona. Hashem said he's going to take the Jews out of Egypt to give them the Torah, to bring them into Eretz Yisrael. When a human being says he's going to do something, maybe yes, maybe no. And if he starts the project, Maybe he'll finish it, maybe he'll complete it, maybe he won't. If Hashem says he's going to do something and he started it, what, what chance is there that Hashem wouldn't be able to complete it? So therefore Hashem said, Matiz, what's that? So what are you screaming about? So what? Egypt, so what? Aroy in the 600 chariots. So what? Snakes and scorpions. So what? Red Sea. Hashem can't deal with it? That was the issue. Matitzake line. Tispalel, yes. And the Zohar Kodesh says, Why are you screaming to me? We know that by Hashem, there are two levels. There's the regular kindness, and there's the super-duper kindness. And the Zohar Kodesh says, on those words, Hashem says, why are you screaming to me? You don't know that in this emergency, you have to access the preferred banking. The guy is on the top floor. You have to go there. You don't need $100 or $1,000. You need a million dollars. It's not down below. It's not in Zerampen. It's in Attic. You have to go up there. You have to tap into that Rachman Gedoylen in order to be able to get it. Then we go into the Shira, the Shira Sayam, which is so special. You have those long Rashis telling us so many deep things about Oz Yoshir. And it begins with the words Oz Yoshir Moshe Vnei Yisrael. It's brought that the word Yoshir is Yud Shir, ten songs, which is a, again a hint regarding the Sefer Tehillim that Dovra Melech and nine other tzaddikim contributed to to give us the most powerful song that the Jewish people possess which is the Sefer Tehillim. That's this Yud Shir, this 10 song. And Rabbi Nassau revealed to us the 10 chapters of Tehillim, the Tikkun HaKloli, which is so incredible, incredible high, such a high level. Then we're told, the Gemara says, bembuzi, that a maidservant that was part of that community that was crossing the Red Sea, was able to see Hashem more clearly than Yecheskel Anavi. How? Why? Why? And the answer is, because of Moshe Rabbeinu. Because there was so great at Tzaddik at that time, Moshe Rabbeinu, a maidservant that was connected to Moshe Rabbeinu, was in some ways on a higher level than Yecheskel Hanavi, this holy prophet. And this teaches us the, the famous rule that the Zohar Kodesh says, that the, the Mishnah says, better to be the tail of a lion than the head of a fox. If a person has a choice of being a leader, a leader of a group of people on a certain regular level, or to be a follower of a tzaddik who's on a much higher level, the follower of the tzaddik on the higher level is much, much better off than a leader of people on a lower level. 
And the Zulam Kodesh says, Zanva da Arye Arye, the tail of a lion is still lion. Somebody steps on the tail of a lion, the tail isn't what's going to beat them up. The lion's going to turn around and swallow that person up. So if a person is going to be the tail of a lion, meaning even if I'm the smallest person that's attached to the true tzaddik, I'm much, much better off than being the head of a fox, that kind of thing. Question in the chat. If wordless screaming is pigam and emuna, then why does Rabbeinazal teach us to do the silent screaming using our breath and energy to express our deep need for Hashem's help without words? It, it's not the wordless screaming. The Vayitzakul could have been with words or without words. It's the element of a person screaming, meaning expressing a certain type of desperation. Desperation, when Hashem said, hey guys, Listen what we're about to do. I'm taking you out of Mitzrayim. I'm bringing you to, to, to Eretz Yisrael. I'm, I'm going to give you a Torah. I'm bringing you to Eretz Yisrael. Hashem made that perfectly clear. Hashem told it to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu told it to the Jews. Now they're out of Mitzrayim. They're at the Red Sea. And they're screaming, Oy, 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 oy. The oy, oy, oy was a mistake. The, the desperation, which seemed to imply, oh no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to work. The tefillah, yes, tefillah has to accompany everything till the end, till the end. But the, the Shalom Kodesh points out that the desperation here seemed to imply a lack of confidence in Hashem, that Hashem is going to be able to carry out to fulfill His promise, to fulfill what He said He's going to do for us. Then a final item, we have the mon in this week's parsha. And, and the mon is, is miracle food, miracle, miracle that, that it was able to taste like anything you wanted. And we said, we've mentioned this in the past, that is there something like that today? The answer is yes. Rebbe Freimel points out in the Sefer Oynik Shabbos that when they saw the mon, they said, mon who? It, what it? What is it? Because they didn't know what it was. They couldn't figure out what is this thing? And, and he says that the words mon hu make up the word emuna, emuna. That when a person has real emuna in Hashem, then whatever I have, this glass of cherry juice can taste like wine, it can taste like a smoothie, it can taste like anything I wanted to taste, anything at all. Because if this is what Hashem gave me, it's everything. It's everything that I need. So if I think I need X, it's X. If I think I need Y, it's Y. It's everything, everything. We should be zarechet to see the Hashem who performed, who took the Jews out of Egypt, should take us out of Egypt today, out of our Meitzar today, out of all of our suffering and problems and crisis that the Jewish nation is going through and that each individual is going through. With the final, final Gula, with the coming of Moshiach ben Dovi, ben Binyan Beis Amikdash, ben Hera Amen, Amen.